welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, Salam, Shalom, Namaste, Sasrikal, Aloha, Hola, Ciao, Bonjour, and Buna, and Privyat. It's really, really good to be with you again. And guess what? We have a wonderful returning guest, and that's Linda Prado. And she is a marketing expert and business mentor. Welcome back, Linda. Hi, it's amazing to be back because we are having such juicy conversations. Yes, indeed. And just for those people who might have missed our first episode, Linda, will you tell us again a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm a marketing expert and a business mentor, and I've been in luxury marketing for nearly a decade. And I work with coaches and online service providers who want to attract premium clients and sell high ticket offers. And my mission in this world is to lead a movement of self-led, soul-guided leaders who are paying their path to success. And they have so much to say and they desire to speak up and use their bold voice to make an impact. And on a more personal level, I'm also a digital nomad for the last 16 years. And as you can guess, I really value freedom life. I love it. I absolutely love it. And you know, Linda, last episode, we talked about your affluent marketing framework and you gave us so much wisdom. I especially love the distinctions that you were drawing between what an affluent client is uh, like in terms of their mindset versus people who are not in that mindset. And I thought it was so helpful. And then we started to talk about some of the challenges that people can begin to experience. And I was thinking that for this episode, I would love to dig deeper with you into this um, idea of where are the biggest service gaps in the coaching industry, you know, that create so many problems for, for coaches and trainers and healers, but also for our clients. So I think it'd be wonderful to get your perspective on that. Yes, I am so happy we are bringing the awareness of this topic because we have the power now to save people's money and, you know, to educate what to look for and what to be aware of when they decide now it's the time to invest in a coach or in a mentor. So this is an excellent topic today. Yay. So please tell me where, um, uh, I know there's, uh, you know, several big gaps when it comes to service in the, in the industry, but what's, what would you say is one of the biggest gaps? I will start with the delivery before I move to marketing, which is my jam because as you know, I'm in high ticket. So 
I really value what happens after the sale is done. And what I'm seeing is what's happening inside the container is telling versus training. And let me explain you what that means. So telling is when I'm telling what people should do. And a really good example is if you go to the last episode where I speak about affluent marketing, I will, I'm telling you about it. And most likely you will get value from it and you will understand and, and shift the perspective. But I'm not training you how to get, you know, affluent clients. This is what's happening in my containers. I am training people to master the skill. So when they finish the program with me, they have mastered the skill for life because they've been trained to do this. Even if it's with the, you know, less tangible things as the mindset, we still need to have this support. But you cannot just give a worksheet, write down your limiting beliefs and what do you believe instead, you know? So telling versus training is, I think, a huge one. And it unfortunately happens also in high ticket containers where we pay, you know, five figures and then it's just telling. And even worse, if it's just just my way or highway, then it's <sighs> even the worst. My gosh, you know, I think that is my number one observation too in terms of where the gaps are. And it's my biggest, I want to say, thing that makes me feel frustrated uh, in terms of like when I have spent, I mean, at this point, probably close to $100,000 that I've invested in coaches and, um, you know, different training programs and um, different, just investing in different communities to teach myself and develop my own capacities as a coach and trainer and healer. And that was the number one thing I found missing, like some of the highest um i remember uh one of the first times i invested in like really for me at that time especially it was like a high level investment it was a twenty thousand dollar or so um program and i i i think the big mistake that i made is because i didn't understand how the program was going to work and that and how to tell if it was right for me at that time or not was like I actually stretched myself a lot to make that initial twenty thousand dollar investment because I had so many expectations of like once I got into the group I would learn what I need to and I expected to get the support that I needed to actually implement the learning and I'd be I was like if I actually get that support, get that training, that learning, it'll be worth the stretch, it'll be worth this investment. But the reality of what happened when I was in the group was so different because exactly what you were saying, Linda, I got there and we sat there and they gave us all kinds of information and then we were pretty much left on our own to implement it. So not only did we not have support in terms of like figuring out how to customize that information to my uh to myself 
but just the plans that uh, I I created, that even the ideas that I came up with uh, for what I wanted to do with that information required additional investments. And I had stretched myself so much at that point to just get into the group. I, I didn't have the resources left to make further investment. And so I was like, oh, this is not the right group for me, at least certainly not at that time. And I was just, but my biggest disappointment, I, I, I was like, you know, the money is not even honestly wasn't the biggest challenge. I mean, I had stretched already. I would have, could have stretched more. But the thing that just, just was really disappointing and made everything so much more difficult was that lack of training and support. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. And I can explain you what happened behind that when it comes to marketing. Mm -hmm. And I've been there as well. And it's especially happening with one of our first investments. Because the marketing sells on the feeling only. And Mm -hmm. that's the problem. So it's hyping you up. It's the hype my marketing you can see a lot of short threads saying my client just made a 50k this month who wants the same result of course i do if i'm not there but as a premium client and an experienced client which you all listeners are going to be now after this episode you are going to ask okay but who is your client what industry is she selling windows? Uh, is she selling like like what what industry is your client? Because I know my industry, but how do I know if it's going to work for me? Where was this client? Does she have a team? Is she running the ads to get to that 50k or 100k whatever? And then how does it work? So I know that it's different from everything else I've already tried. I know, I and it's like, how do I know it's going to work for me? Yeah. So when you are an educated premium client, you are not falling for the feeling only. We do buy based on emotion, but when we become premium clients, we back it up with the logic. So we know what to look for. For example, that means that your process needs to have a framework. If you're on the other side marketing it, 
then show the framework, show how you're going to lead your client from where they are to the result and promise you have put in the marketing. If it's those 100K, what's the process? And also who's the client? What type of client is going to get the results? So unfortunately the gap is selling on the feeling only and hype marketing. Yeah, and I think that brings me back to one of the points you were mentioning last episode about integrity, is that if you're just selling based on feeling only, then, I mean, that's important in its way, but it's so important to also have additional elements to your marketing to make sure it's not just feeling only it's not just hype because otherwise then you can't really stay in integrity with what you promise absolutely and how to understand if you've been self only on the feeling i can give a few more examples so you're like well how can i be safe yeah so if if they are telling you that come and experience this container then let me tell you, it's going to be just an experience and not your ROI. Experience, right? Then the words like caliber to my energy, because she's, you know, let's say a millionaire, a seven-figure coach. Come caliber to my energy. And I've been in, in such programs, so I know it very well. We sat down and, and just listened how she was speaking about her success. She threw one cookie cutter method that wasn't totally aligned with me just to back up that there was strategy involved uh, in, in her teachings, but it was caliber to my energy. So it means that by sitting in, in you know, high four figure masterclass, I would get the results. So cali calibration, that's a tricky one as well. Then, you know, uplifting feeling from the marketing itself, like branding, luxury lifestyle photos, speaking about her lavish days, lavish lifestyles, just showing, you know, the luxury around her and pumping you up with her lifestyle. But again, not telling you how she's going to get you to the result she's promising. So you're again hyped because you love what you see. And of course you desire the same. So your logical mind somehow goes away because she's so good at marketing. She's so good at building this relationship. She's a good marketer. But on the other end, you as a client, unfortunately, you don't ask these crucial questions that you know, now you know what you need to ask. And that's when you fall for these hype feeling type of things. Yeah, thank you so much for giving that, giving that um, framework, as it were, another framework for how we can think about and evaluate, um, like when it's just hype and so forth. Is there another big gap that you see, another big problem that you see that we can educate our listeners about? Yes, absolutely. And this is something to be aware of. If you get to a sales call and you are experiencing a lot of pushing um, when you are sitting there and feeling really pressured into a sale, mm. this is a really uh, red flag because no one has the power over your 
finances or your decisions, this is where you should probably pay attention to how you feel when, when you sit with, with the person face to face on a sales call. Because what's happening, those people are pushing you into your wounded feminine by stepping into their wounded masculine. So it's a, this pushy sales tactic. For example, uh, to understand exactly what I mean, one of the questions, you know, if you're like, well, I'm not sure if I'm ready, you're like, where will you be in six months if you don't act right now? Can you afford not to act right now? Mm. So you've been pushed into making a decision. And I'm not against handling objections because it can be done in a very empowering way to create this transformation on the sales call. And, you know, there's also a process how to avoid objections overall with your content and screening process. So you, when, when you are the one who, you know, has the sales call to close one, uh, then there's a process for that. But if you are sitting there and you've been pushed into making a decision, then think hard because you can also end up in in a coaching like relationship where you'll be bullied where you've been well you will be shamed and blamed if if you are bringing things up and discussing and it is a very traumatizing experience or you will make a decision that actually wasn't aligned with you because you were pushed into the sale so objection handling is not a bad thing but if someone's really pushing you into the making a decision, then step back. Yeah. And I love the example that you give um, about what the pushing might look like. And I've had that experience so many times because when, when people do that, it's sort of like, again, trying to get you to stay just in the feeling or, you know, of like, oh my gosh, I'm in this bad place already. And if I don't do this now, six months later, I might be in an even worse place. And so you're still so much caught up in the feeling that it makes it difficult to, to, to even think about what the, of, uh, like logical questions that you might need to ask or question and you know just to balance off for yourself your ability to evaluate whether this is the right decision for you or not they just want for their benefit want you to just stay focused on your hurt feelings as you were saying that those wounded feelings oh, that's exactly so exactly and, and I can imagine that some of the listeners might be doing their sales calls in this way. And I want to express like the understanding because most likely you've been taught to do this yeah. that way. It's not your intention to push anyone into a wounded uh, place. I get that because you've been taught to do this. So now you know, because you can also see what type of clients then you are signing because if they sign up after a lot of objection handling they are making perhaps a very disempowered decision very spontaneous decision so they might be bailing on payment plans they might be ghosting you they might not show up because 
you did make a sale, but it was from a disempowered place for your clients. So now understanding, you know, the explanation behind it. Now you know that if you are handling your sales calls like this, that there is a different way how you can switch and then sign those amazing premium clients. Yeah. You know, this makes me think about some of the posts that I've seen that you have made on your uh, Facebook page, for example, um, that I think are brilliant example, by the way, everyone, this thing, <laughs> go check out Linda's uh, Facebook profile or her other pages to see some excellent examples of how she pre-screens clients uh, so that when she gets them on the sales call, like you were saying, Linda, they've already been filtered to a certain extent and you don't have to do so much objection handling because you've appropriately filtered them before. No, I'm I'm handling objections with content. Easy. Yeah. Can you give us an example uh, from maybe a recent post that you have made where you demonstrate this? Hmm. Okay. I can't remember when, when I handled the objection specifically, but uh, if, if I know that a person is, is fed up and tired with doing cold outreach and cold DMs, I know that I'm against that too. And the post I recently did is expressing like my experience, how I still took rejection personally when, when the DMing process wasn't getting enough sales, how I was getting migraines from being in my DMs all day long and how I'm not using the cold outreach anymore. So if they would be like, I hate this because it's not like directly an objection, but it might be, you know, when I'm preaching my affluent marketing, this is like how it works. So they know exactly. And then I'm explaining how I'm using DMs right now and how my content is converting clients and DMs is just for relationship building and engaging. Yeah. And I remember uh, also you... Well, oftentimes, uh, another thing that I've seen you do is you'll mention things like, oh, shucks, I'm blanking on the specific language you use, and I don't want to misquote you, but you actually, you actually say things about if you are like this, if you are in that state, so beyond even just uh, like the DM, but like, um, um, like you 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 specify other things about me as a prospective client and where I'm at um, in my journey and my mindset um, and and so forth so I can sort of continue to screen myself and be like ah yes she's talking about strategies that I'm interested in she's talking about um, utilize not doing things that I don't want to do but also she's talking about you know other aspects of of where I'm at in my own in my own journey um uh, with finances etc and so I just keep screening myself out Uh, but listen I know what type of client is going to get results with me 
Yeah. That's why my results are getting high ticket sales, even in the first 30 days of working together, because exactly as you say, I'm saying where they are, where they desire to go, what qualifications they have, how advanced they are. So they are someone who are already at least to a 2K, 5K mark or sporadic 10K, and they desire to grow to 30K months using content that positions them as an opinionated thought leader and yeah. they have already tried some things and they are not aligned with cold outreach so see how specific this is and you can oh that's me or well no that's not exactly me i'm not there yet yes exactly thank you so much i couldn't remember the exact language you used but you gave the perfect, perfect uh, example of exactly what I remember seeing on your profile. And that is like really, really, really helpful. Okay, so um, we've talked a little bit about, you know, where the service gaps are, where the problems are. So what, uh, can we talk just a little bit more about um, what people should look for in a coaching program as a premium client? Absolutely. I'll keep this short and straightforward because it is straightforward. First of all, check their success rate and not the hype marketing. My client or I just made 100K months. Look for case studies. Who was their client? Where they've been when they came to them? What they did together? What are the results? So case studies, not just also screenshots or they can be faked as well. So real case studies then see if they have a clear process, how they lead you to the result. So the framework and how the actual work is going to look like. And it doesn't mean that they are cookie cutter coaches. They will be flexible. Like I have the framework, but it doesn't mean I'm putting you in the box. I just have a framework that I know it works, but we will tailor it to you. So look for the process, how you will get the result with, with so you can avoid cold DMing, for example, <laughs> you know, then also explore if their content shows a deeper understanding in the result that you want to get help with, or is the marketing based only on beautiful visuals and the hype marketing that we discussed that just creates the beautiful feeling without explaining how it works. So it's pretty straightforward. If you master to spot these three things, you're you're on the safe side. Awesome. I love that. I absolutely love that. So I am starting to feel pretty complete for right now. Linda, do you have anything else that you would love to share with our audience for right now? Um, yes. Well, I would love to encourage that investing is an amazing thing and it helps us grow and expand. But at the same time, don't give your power away only to coaches, only in investing. Invest from an empowered state and know that it is going to be a tool to get you further and know that the all power is, is within you and the right coach will activate the power that you have and train you on a new skill if you need to. Yes, 
I love that. That is so cool. And I want to thank you again, Linda, for taking the time to be with us again today and sharing all of your amazing wisdom. I really, really see so much wisdom in what you share and in your approach. And I just love your focus on freedom and your value for integrity and i just want to encourage all of our listeners to please make sure you check the show notes because we're going to be adding linda's links in there so you can connect with her and continue to learn with her and work with her if you're in the right place uh, and right mindset to work with a wonderful affluent marketing expert like linda So until we connect next time, I wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.